You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. And good evening. Welcome to another week of Padres Social Hour. I'm Padre broadcaster Jesse Agler, and we are here for you, trying to provide a little bit of pseudo-normalcy for you, talk a little baseball And there is news to discuss today in terms of baseball 2020. Padre pitcher Chris Paddock will join us a little bit later on in the show. Taped that conversation earlier this afternoon. It was really, really good. You're seeing Chris Paddock coming to his own. Uh, I I hope to not sound overly dramatic about this, but like as a public figure, not just as a pitcher. Uh, We know what he can do on the mound, but he seems to be getting so much more comfortable sort of living the life of a big leaguer. And and I think that comes across really nicely in the interview tonight. I'll be joined all show long by the uh, following two gentlemen, lovely both. uh, The 1976 National League Cy Young Award winner, the left-hander, number 35, Randy Jones. Sure. (laughs) Hey, guys, happy Monday, man. Happy Monday to you. What's up, Randy? You know, just every week you say, I'm going to learn. I'm going to introduce you first so you don't have to follow the Cy Young Award winner. And here we are again, you know, just the business being on the show. You cannot introduce a Cy Young Award winner second. That is stupid. He makes a fair counterpoint. Yeah, it's Um, a lose-lose, really. Lose-lose. It's definitely... Maybe the argument is just that I shouldn't be on the show, period. So that's <laughs> Anybody with a seven and three-quarter head, you bet you should be on the show. You know what? I told you that in confidence, and I thought that was between us, and I'm I really said, offended. I could have said 5-H, all right? I could have. <laughs> no, all right. you could have. Uh, good times. Uh, Happy Monday, buddy. Good to see you. Yeah, hey, I love you guys. Uh, yeah, you know, get, get ready for 45 to 60 minutes of Randy trying to uh, goad Brady into coming over to his house and doing yard work. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what we for in addition to the Chris Paddock interview and everything else. Uh, thanks to everybody uh, for checking in online. Good to see you, Gina and Ben and Luigi and Terry and Chris and David and everybody else. It's uh, wonderful to have you here. And uh, in addition, of course, to our talk about the state of baseball, we will have our KBO sadness report as we check in on the weekend that was for our beloved KT Wits. First and foremost, though, uh, some some good news to pass along uh, involving COVID-19. Obviously, this is something that has touched all corners of the planet. That would include the baseball world and a guy who I don't have any personal experience with, but is uh, universally uh, described as one of the absolute nicest people in baseball, Art Howe, the uh, former player and manager, uh, back from the hospital. Uh, this was passed along by Brian McTaggart, who covers the Astros for MLB.com. Uh, he had been in the hospital with COVID-19, went home, uh, and Art Howe said it was a long five days, finally feeling a little bit better, still not able to eat real good. Taste buds giving me a hard time. Just nice to be back home and hopefully continue to progress. Uh, so again, Art Howe is one of these guys that it seems like everybody who knows him, Randy, says he is as good of a human being as there is in the game of baseball. Uh, thrilled to see he's doing better after a pretty good scare, obviously. No, it's great. It's great to hear. And it, it's always positive. Uh, in fact, it's funny. I had um, 
a gentleman over today just kind of working on the gates here at the house. And, and Chad mentioned that he uh, he didn't even know that he had the coronavirus in early January. Uh, it was incredible. He went through it. He said it was a rough two and a half weeks. And, and he, he really didn't realize that he was he had it you know, until after the fact till it really got you know, it got announced. And then the, he got tested and, and realized that he'd gone through it early. Uh, has no idea how he how he contracted it, but uh, unfortunately, you know, his family went through it and everybody was just fine. But um, yeah, he just said it was just you know, it felt like a cold with a fever and uh, and just all the complications. And um, I was just really glad to hear that he came through it. But you know, I just thought it was really significant that yeah, he really went through it in early January here in San Diego and has no idea where he might have picked it up. Yeah, there's a lot of people, uh, they have a, a name for it, I think, people who think they may have had it, you know, earlier on uh, because of the, the symptoms uh, they've experienced. Uh, I know a few people who know, and uh, obviously no way to know for sure. They say those antibody tests aren't necessarily fully accurate, but you can take some educated guesses, uh, certainly. But glad uh, your guy's doing well and glad Art Howe is doing well as we sort of spin it forward into baseball and everything like that. Uh, there was, I, I think, some news that came, pun intended, a little bit out of left field today from the governor of California. Uh, obviously, the state has been slow playing things uh, in terms of the way they're discussing everything publicly. Uh, but Gavin Newsom, as part of his uh, regular briefing today, had the following to say about the potential of pro sports returning as early as early June. Uh, sporting events, uh, pro sports, uh, in that first uh, week or so of June without spectators and modifications and very uh, prescriptive conditions uh, also can begin uh, to move forward uh, and a number of other sectors of our economy uh, will open up again if we hold uh, these trend lines in the next number of weeks. And that includes, uh, for example, getting a haircut. Everybody's talking about haircuts. All right. So obviously very encouraging sounding stuff from Gavin Newsom. A couple of caveats. Always got to listen carefully when the, the politicians are talking, uh, no matter who they are or, or where they come from or where you stand in relation to their beliefs, uh, because, uh, again, the, the devil is in the details. And, and the two things that popped to me, Brady, in, in terms of what he said, aside from the obvious that, hey, it's possible as early June, uh, we'd be able to have pro sports return, obviously, without fans. Uh, if uh, we hold the trend lines, that's a rather large one, of course. And uh, this community in particular, I think, you know, you look Look at the numbers has done a really stellar job for the most part of uh, doing what they need to do to keep the numbers down and and this state in addition to this uh, the city so that's part of it if the trend lines hold uh, and also he said if there are those prescribed conditions so it won't be back to normal so to speak for any of the pro sports and we got a little bit of a taste uh, over the weekend I guess from Major League Baseball what they're thinking in terms of how the game may look when it comes back uh, again. Lots to figure out still, but it felt to me at least like encouraging this. Yeah, I think that, you know, listening to, to him and, and traditionally we've we've seen the, con, the conservative nature uh, of the approach uh, in, in regards to slow, slow playing it as a state, as you as you said, Jess. But, you know, for baseball fans to get even just a little bit of hope that they could have sports back and done it safely. Uh, like you said, the caveats that are in there really really tough to try to you know really quantify those and 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 how that you know a lot of ifs in there and those are it's kind of the universal term for i can change my mind and just kidding it's no longer an option or hey we're playing tomorrow and uh i think we've heard around major league baseball managers players owners needing about a month to kind of prepare 
for a season if it were to launch. Um, and as far as your comment about it being normal, I mean, I think we, we aren't going to have normal sports uh, the way that we knew them prior to coronavirus uh, for a very long time. So, and, and as a fan, I, you know, I don't need normal right now. And, and that's to be expected that normal is not going to happen. But something, if we can do it safely, uh, would sure be a really good boost to the morale. Um, I do have one question for Randy. Um, Randy, would you have been able to walk on a ball field if you were told you couldn't spit? Get on a ball field and said I couldn't sit. Spit. 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 Like if you were, if you spit, not that was chance. against not the rules. Not, not a chance. You know, go yeah. ahead and arrest, arrest me. Put me in cuffs. You know, yeah, I feel, what do you I mean? feel like I there, there's a I, lot know, of things that are getting you, put on you know, paper right now. Yeah. Give me a break. All right. Well, that, yeah, that we, we've yeah. got a lot of those things that Brady's referring to MLB. So this, these are, these are all cut from the uh, story in the athletic, uh, but it's been reported also by ESPN and the Associated Press. Uh, this is all excerpts from the document that was, I think, 67 pages long passed from MLB to the players. And, and we'll kind of run through it quickly here. We're not, we're not going to read every word by any stretch of the imagination, but when players uh, do return, and again, all of this, again, is littered with the caveats of if things continue the way they're going and we reserve the right to change our mind and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but basically, if things continue, the, the idea would be if they can agree to all the terms – uh, that there would be a spring training that begins in mid-June. You could start the season in early July. Uh, so when when the guys show up at spring training, there would be an intake screening. Uh, there would be blood samples, uh, saliva tests, uh, temperature tests, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then they're just going to continue to test and test and test over the course of time, obviously, to try and keep everybody as safe as possible. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? You can't spit. Well, that, yeah, we're, get, we're getting to the on-field stuff. And I don't want to spend a little bit more time on it. Uh, guys are going to be responsible for testing themselves at home. There will be temperature checks when you show up at the facility, the clubhouse, whatever it might be. Anybody who gets a temperature over 100 will not be permitted to enter and must self-isolate, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, each club must develop procedures for isolating, transporting, testing, and treating individuals who display potential uh, symptoms. So here you go. Here's the here's the on-field aspects of it all. Some of this is rather easy, I think, to agree to, and others, as you guys are both sort of mentioning, could be a bit more complicated. Uh, rather than exchange of lineup cards, lineups will be put into an app. Sure, why not? It, it does seem a little silly when you think about it that everybody has to meet at home plate, shake hands, and and do that whole thing. We can do away with that, I think, without any uh, any great distraction. That's not a problem. The ball's out of play. Fielders are encouraged to step away from the base runner. Okay. Uh, non-playing personnel must wear masks at all times in the dugout. And there's the last one. Spitting is prohibited. Um, Randy, as you were just saying, not going to happen. Um, no. and also, I guess it's, it's just kind of an impossible thing. Spitting is not generally something that guys are thinking about doing. It's just something that they do because they've been doing it forever, as gross and as unsanitary as it might be. It's just sort of a thing you know you don't realize you're doing it you don't necessarily recognize you're doing it you're just doing it so i guess the important thing to remember here is that this is a draft right this is a proposal this is something sent from the league to the players as a starting point and it's not necessarily going to be the end point but there's plenty here randy i i think that the players could probably pick at oh sure but i mean as far as the you know the spitting thing i mean come on now we've already tested you hey, you're not sick you're on the field I didn't say spit on each other. I just, you know, but, you know, you tell a ball player not to spit before he gets in the box or, you know, and gets on the mound to throw a pitch. I ain't buying it. It's just uh, there's too much adrenaline flying around him. 
there's going to be some spitting going on. And there's no doubt about that. It's just you know, the nature of the business. And I think I read the no sunflower seeds. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you got to have some guys going through rehab through this gentleman. Good Lord. I mean, I don't think they've even stopped that now. A lot of these guys, there, there's an addiction there to some of this stuff. But, you know, I think I, I think we can get through all that. You know, I think baseball has a lot more, lot more issues about uh, general rules and how this is all going to be configured. Uh, you know, everybody's you know revenue sharing. That's got to be resolved. A lot of these things have to be resolved before we can play baseball. Um, it's not going to be easy, but it's definitely doable. And I think everybody, the one thing, the consensus is everybody wants it to come back. Everybody wants to play baseball. Everybody wants to see baseball. And that's the positive thing that, you know, that's the motivating factor to get this all done. I don't care if it's 144 pages. You know, you can put whatever you want to, but, you know, we'll get it done, gentlemen, if we can just get on the field. One of the other uh, not oh, yeah. spitting gum on the field that that I can get behind. No sure. gum, sunflower seeds and, you know, just natural spit. Like you said, just gross as it might be. This is uh this is part of baseball culture from. And, yeah. know, and no, forever. and no dipping. You can't dip. Yeah, that was another one that, that gets thrown in there. And also unsanitary. We get it. You know, I mean, uh, but but asking guys to break habits is different than changing, you know, like the way you exchange lineup cards. Not to say it can't be done. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think common, you know, once again, gentlemen, we get to that point. Let's use a little common sense and it'll take care of itself. And I really believe that. And I think all the players and everybody else will in this game uh, in, 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 in doing it. It's just uh what did you, does that mean? You get you get to wear a mask. You want to yell at the umpire about a ball or strike? You know, <laughs> I mean, are you going to wear a? You going to have your mask? You know, like you're going to what? Throw it up so you can yell at somebody? I mean, I I don't understand this. And and, and you got to wear a mask if you're on the bench. Not the Is players. I think only the non-players. Non-player personnel. And yeah. the bench. You bring up the bench here. We have some images of what will <laughs> be passed along here. I, I think they had an intern mock up some some Photoshop slides uh, of of the way it would be. So this is basically, I mean, it's kind of hilarious, honestly, in a way. Like, all right, here's what it would look like uh, when you're the defensive team. This is where you could sit. This is where you can't sit. We'll put this all in here. Uh, that kind of stuff. There's another one for when your team is at the plate, because obviously then there will be more guys in the dugouts and and how we want you to do this. Uh, you'll see also, you know, there are in this circumstance guys sitting in the stands. Uh, we saw that as, as we'll see in a couple of moments in soccer this weekend in Germany, as they return to play, uh, you know, again, this, this stuff is somewhat easy, I guess. Uh, even when you're stretching, this is kind of the, the way they figure it. You know, you just put guys, uh, 90 feet apart for throwing and six feet between one another for stretching. Are those, are those, cone, are those cones? Yeah, I think you got cones and dots. Cones. I think the dots are people maybe. I don't know. Like I love I the cones. Well, man, we didn't have cones when I played. God, <laughs> those are nice, man. There's it's, a lot of this. Uh, I don't know. Is there have. is there a danger here of this becoming more complicated than it needs to? And and look, I'm all for being safe and smart and intelligent. Um, but like to me, the concern starts to creep into my mind if we're like if you are testing everybody, if you are being sanitary, if you're wiping things down, if you're keeping guys in quarantine, if you're essentially locking them in their hotel rooms, and that is part of it also as part of this initial plan. I I, I my only concern from that angle would be you you don't want to get to a point where it starts to look a little farcical. And, and we've been watching these KBO games and it looks like baseball. You know, I mean, yes, the umpires are wearing gloves and masks in a lot of case, 
But like, you know, a guy hits a home run and maybe they're not giving as many high fives, but it doesn't seem like we're too, too worried about that. I, I think the optics matter here. And I think you don't want it to look too, too different uh, even without fans in the stands, that, than what it really looks like. Yeah, but you got to you got to start with the base, and it's going to probably be you know overdone to start with, and it'll level out once again, gentlemen. Use a little common sense, and I think all all this stuff will level itself out. Be protective, be safe. We understand, we respect that, you know, you know, but you know, but also I, I think it might be a little bit too far to one side to start with, and then, but it'll settle in. You know, in, you know, let let let's do twenty five, thirty games, and I'm. And I bet it gets pretty much, you know, routine what we're going to be doing. That's fair. Yeah, and I think that it, I get, like you said, farcical, uh, Jess. It's, it's, um, you have to make sure that you're not doing things for the look to appear that you're doing. You know, like this ninety feet catch and being staggered six feet. It's like if you got tested into the facility. I mean, really, if we're at a place where you know we don't feel that it's safe to do it, then then you shouldn't do it. If if you feel safe then you should be able to play catch with your teammate and be able to sit next to them in a dugout. And, you know, looking at those graphs and the way they have them staggered in the dugout, I, Thank you know, you, man, that's not well, going to work. Let's, I mean, take an example of uh, how often Randy, do you see a, a third base coach actually standing in that little uh, box <laughs> that they make in the lines, you know, like never, if never. you want an example of what, Ball players will do to follow those rules. Just start with the third base coach yeah. and where they've been. And that's a great example of how those rules, I feel like, will be accepted. So, you know, if we get to a place where we can do it safely, then let's just do it. But, like, to have these extra, it just it feels like a little bit of overkill I think and, and, it, for show. Guys, I, I think if, if you test everybody and, and everything we're going to do and be as safe as we can and the game starts, uh, don't overreact to this. I think we got to use a little common sense about that, you know. Uh, you, you, you can, I think you're going to get a lot closer than you think. And like you said, the high fives and, you know, what are you going to do? You can't, you can't take the, can't take the short stop out. You can't slide into second base. What, what's, what's going to be the deal? Can't yeah. slide into home. You know, what, what's the deal? You, but you stop 10 feet from home plate. Give me a break. Who's the yeah. first person you think about rain? Like to me, names come to mind, like Earl Weaver, uh, Billy Martin, even like George Brett and Pine Tar. Like, who do you think about would be oh the biggest God. violators of the you know social distancing rules on the diamond? Oh my kid. Yeah, my my first thought, Earl Weaver, he didn't have a chance. Earl yeah, right? never had a chance, man. He admitted somebody's face, you know. Yeah. And I'm just gone ballistic. But you know, I think overall, when you when you have something like this that we've never gone through, um, I think everybody respond and respect it. But I think overall. Yeah, even in an eighty-one game season, you know Earl Waver would find he'd get tossed at least you know six times. Oh, no, he'd figure it out. He'd figure yeah. it out. I think Randy's overall point was a very good one, and probably something to keep in mind with all of this stuff is like it's just a starting point of the conversation. That's right. Um, and 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 that's the way you look at it. And that's what we've been saying about the economic conversation as well uh, with baseball, which by the way is far stickier than any of this. And that's that's maybe something to continue to keep in mind. New reporting today from Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick of the Athletic about how there really doesn't seem to have been much dialogue since early last week uh, between the two sides on on the economics and the players have sent over all these questions uh, to the owners that they want answered before they start talking revenue split. And uh, the owners have not yet sent them back the information and they're not sure what information they're going to send. So that's another big, big, big hurdle that, uh, that needs to be cleared with, with all of this going on. 
Um, let's for a moment, though, to address this question from Salvador, uh, pretend and imagine that all of this stuff gets figured out and we're able to have a best case scenario, which is the start of the season in early July, uh, an expanded postseason as, as has been discussed, you know, through the month of October, 81, 82 games, whatever it might be in the regular season. Do you guys think, and I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, but it's it's fair to bring it back up every once in a while. Do you think uh, we'll forever look back at this season as the COVID season? Will it get an asterisk? Will it be a true World Series champion? Again, assuming best case scenario, 82 games, a playoffs. Brady, I'll start with you. I have a feeling we might have different opinions on the screen uh, as far as this one goes. Um, how would we look at the results of this season, assuming they can do everything they want to do? I really actually wanted you to start with Randy because I wanted to just argue whatever he said. So I wanted to go the opposite of whatever he was. Uh, yeah, there's absolutely going to be an asterisk. And and that's fine because it's a level it's a level playing field. Everyone is on it. And, and it's it's OK if the 2020 season has a you know, whether you call it the World Series, whatever you call it, they they crown a champion because everyone was on the same playing field. And yes, it's not 162 games. And yes, that will always be in the history books. Yes, there will be an asterisk, all of those things. But that's okay. I think as fans, like we're, we're ready. If we can do it safely, we're ready for it. And asterisk is great. Fine, have it. And you know what? I'll take it. The Padres can get our first ever championship with an asterisk. Couldn't care less. Bring on the asterisks. Put four or five of them past. I don't even care. Bring it on. Randy, what do you got? Well, you know what? As long as you say it, like there's got to be an asterisk to this season. There, it, it, that's impossible. You have to have that. But overall, you know what I do? I, I do like maybe the expanded playoffs. And once you get to that point, gentlemen, if you play an eighty-one game season, you got your teams. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting into that a little bit. That's a little bit different once you get to the, you know, you, you know the. the the world going toward the world series and these teams competing, um, you know, that, that could be very memorable. I think there's still going to be some great moments in baseball. If we can get to that point, um, you know, I think it, it might be phenomenal. Um, you know, but I, I just think there's always going to be an asterisk on 20 on the 2020 season. Um, you know, like I said before, we, in, in the past weeks, it's, you know, an 81 game, it, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a level playing field, but it's a different playing field than, you know, all other seasons, you know, for the last 100 years, you know, with, with that few of games and, uh, and with talking about endurance and stamina and, and what it takes, you know, through the whole course of a six-month season and the grind and, um, and, and maybe you had to be there, guys. But, you know, overall – um, it's going to be different, but I think once you get to the finals, if they can put this all together and you can have those championship games, Hey, I'm in, I think, I think it's going to be pretty phenomenal. And, and, um, and I, I think there's some memories to be made in, in 2020, if we can get to that point. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I agree with both you guys. I mean, yeah, it'll, it'll forever have an asterisk, whether officially or unofficially, people will always look back and say, Hey, but remember that was the, the COVID year where they only played 80, whatever games. But who cares? You know, I mean, what do you, like, what do you I, get? A, I, I, you get a smaller ring. What do you want? <laughs> less diamonds on the ring. Yeah. What about, what, what about this, RJ? What about this? Let's let's think about the anti asterisk. What if in an 81 game season, what if a, a, a player hits 74 home runs in 81 games? Would would you put uh, like two asterisks to let people know that he did it in half the time that Bonds did it and next to his asterisk? Or how how would that work? 
No, nah, number one, I, I I definitely have you in peeing a cup. I know that. I'm, you know? I'm trying to. Nah, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I think overall, there's going to be an asterisk to it. I mean, even in records, if there was a record set. You Unless know, you went over and beat a record like that, I mean, well, no. counting counting stats will be different than like batting average. You know, what I mean, like, well, that yeah, because you know it's you know yeah, easier complete, to get four hundred in half a season. A complete game six innings. Okay, great. So so somebody has twenty complete games. Is that what you're gonna do? No. Are we gonna put an asterisk on that? I am. No, complete games are not six innings. That's crazy talk. Well, I mean, hey, you only got eighty-one games. So what? Right. All right. We're, we're moving past asterisk. Yes. Thank you. There, Thank you. There will be uh, either officially or unofficially some kind of asterisk, some notation that says 2020 was different, but I don't think anybody cares. We just want to see baseball. That, uh, there you uh, go, Jess. God, I love you, man. Simple. That's why, you, that's why you're the mediator. You know, no, he's not a media, he's a host. He's hey, a not, host. He's, not, not when you and I are on the show, man. <laughs> uh, we, did, uh, we did have sports this weekend, by the way, uh, like some of it real sports. Uh, you had, uh, let's see, in Germany, you had Bundesliga soccer. That's the top uh, soccer league in Germany. Uh, pretty big deal. You see there uh, masks on the bench players sitting uh, in the stands, no fans in the stands. Uh, social distancing celebration. But with all of this going on, like the action looked like the action. You go elbows, obviously, you're not doing high fives, that kind of stuff. But like, you know, watching it for a couple of minutes, you wouldn't necessarily remember that something was different. Uh, NASCAR held a race uh, at Darlington. Uh, Same thing. Now, this was one for me that was uh, like, you didn't notice the lack of crowd as much as you do, I think, some of the other sports because, you know, it's different. It's loud cars as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, you can't you know, hear cheering over those cars anyway. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so you had that, and then you had a golf exhibition as well in Florida. Uh, same kind of thing. You know, this was for charity, which was nice. Everybody trying to keep some space. I thought the coolest part of this was the guys didn't have caddies, so they were out there figuring out all their own stuff using the little... I don't golf. I don't know. the What's the thing called? The little yeah. viewfinder guy? <laughs> I think that's actually the term, viewfinder guy. So you know oh, okay, that. perfect. Work, yeah. Nailed it. Uh, so anyway... Neat and refreshing to see stuff happen, which is uh, which is a step towards, again, we're not reaching towards normalcy at this point, but something, I guess, uh, that is a distant cousin of normalcy. Then I agree with it. You know, it's great. It was, it was great fun to watch a little bit of golf and the camaraderie and stuff and your little competition. And, uh, you know, and that that was a lot of fun and NASCAR and everything else. And, you know, you don't see 100 percent of it. And, you know, they they respect, you know, the, the coronavirus and just like in the, the soccer game there and everything. But, hey, once you hit the field, it's all competition, guys. You know, boys are playing. That, that was pretty cool. I love that. So I, I like think that. right there is a great example what these guys are like the celebration, socially distant, the the like uh, air bash brothers action that's going on on the soccer field there. I feel like this is an opportunity for, you know, if we're looking at the bright side of things, it's a great opportunity for athletes to come up with like some cool socially distant handshakes, socially distant, you know, celebrations after home runs or touchdowns or, you know, whatever it might be like, it's time for them to get creative and kind of, you know, try to have a little bit of fun with a terrible situation. And yeah, but you Brady, Brady, you know, it's great. We're wearing a mask. You can talk all the crap you want, man. They don't know what you're saying. You can't read their lips. Yeah, that's got to be awesome. You oh, know, yeah, that's you it. That's say whatever you want to, man. The TV can't, you can't read his lips. That's, you know, that's got to be awesome. I bet they're just all over each other. You know, was I really, that, do believe was that. that a thing when you were pitching, Randy? Did, did, did they put the glove over the mask when you were talking to the catcher or the, 
the manager like were they doing that in the 70s i don't even i mean i no. know that's a very commonplace now but i don't no, remember not no not really no, not very much we just looked down and you know uh, we did we didn't cover our face and so you didn't have any sleuths out there like no. john boy they were reading you know reading lips on video and then are you, are you kidding me? All of major league baseball we were talking about the good looking girl in the second row man we weren't talking about anything that you could randy talk. you Come did on, not man. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like that was somebody's about, daughter, we, Randy. Well, they talk about something, you know. Man, <laughs> what would Twitter have said about that in the seventies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. All right, uh, on this date, baseball history, two thousand four. It's funny. I remember where I was watching the end of this game. I uh, just graduated college or like a couple days before graduation, watching it in my college apartment, my buddies, uh, Randy Johnson became the oldest gentleman to throw a perfect game. Uh, did so in Atlanta. Uh, the night before the Braves or the day before the Braves had had a miserable loss, I think in Milwaukee, uh, they struck out a bunch of times against Ben Cheats and they come home, and they face the unit uh, who throws a perfecto, his second career no hitter. Uh, the oldest guy by almost three full years ever uh, to throw a perfect game in baseball history. That was on this date in 2004. Also want to wish happy birthdays on this uh, May 18th to a couple of Hall of Famers, Brooks Robinson. Uh, one of the slickest fielding third basemen in Major League history, and also Mr. October, uh, Reggie Jackson. I, I want to ask you guys because you know Reggie's reputation, I think, from his playing days uh, is, is well known, and people say, "Ah, Reggie's a loudmouth. He did this. He was all about himself. Blah blah blah. Star that stir- straw that stirs the drink. All that kind of thing." Here's my question: Looking back now, forty years later, through a different lens, Brady was Reggie Jackson ahead of his time. You're talking about the actor from Naked Gun? Is this the same guy? With- <laughs> the guy in the Angels, yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Look at the characters that we have in Major League Baseball now. Like, he would he would blend in. Like, he stood out like crazy then, but he would blend in now. He's, I mean, you even in our own team with Tatis and Machado, I mean, these guys, they, they brand themselves, their characters. They, I mean, I think, yeah, yes, to answer your question, the brevity answer is yes. Reggie was ahead of his time, absolutely. And he was an absolute stud. And I, I, I love watching old footage of, I mean, what he did, the three home runs, the Mr. October, the, I mean, he was an absolute stud. And I know you would appreciate this, Jess, because of UniWatch and we're dorks, but watching when he would change teams, you know, when they would, when tops would airbrush, you know, the, the Yankee onto like an A's helmet and Jersey amazing. And, you know, on, on Twitter today, everyone's referring like happy birthday to Orioles legend, you know, Reggie Jackson, which, of course, he was not on the team very long, but yeah, Reggie was a stud. Sorry, I, ahead of his time? No doubt, yeah, he, he he was really ahead of his time, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of characters at that point in time. And Reggie, hey, he, he had a chip on his shoulder. He played with a lot of confidence, so wasn't afraid to talk about it, and and he delivered. You know, more times than not, you don't get called Mister October number one, and and number one, the magical things that he did throughout the course of the year. You know, to, to get to October, to be Mr. October, yeah, pretty incredible guy. I remember facing him, you know, a few times, you know, in, in interleague play and, and that type, maybe in the National League my whole career, you know, I and mean, that was always fun. And and he, he just brought a different element to the game when he was in the lineup. And and that, and that that's what a that's what a Hall of Famer does. That's it. All right, uh, we're going to continue to go with the historic approach here. But, Randy, this one's going to be zeroed in on you. Uh, May 13th was last week. And in uh, May 13th of 1979, we talked about this on the show, you stole a base uh, against the Mets. It would eventually be uh, a 10-inning victory 
over the Mets. So a rare no decision for Randy. Uh, and we were kicking this around because you became the first Padre pitcher to ever steal a base. So my very first question is, did you know at the time no Padre pitcher had ever stolen a base before? I had no idea. I had no clue at that did, point. Did you know that you were actually stealing the base while you were doing it? I missed a signal. <laughs> you know what I wanted to ask the, the – so here's what it is. You reached on an error. I guess it was a comebacker to Mike Scott. Cheating, right. And 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 he threw the ball away or something. I don't know. It just says E1 in the book. You reached base, and then you stole second. So what were the circumstances? I swore it was a hit and run. I thought the hit and run was put on. And so, you know, Scotty, Scotty kicked his leg. I took off, man. I went flying. And you, you got to remember a little bit. You know, I, I could run a little bit and a little bit of speed. I was the pinch runner. I was a pinch runner for a lot of lot, lot of situations, especially in 75 before. I think when I got to my 15th win, they, they, they quit pinch running me, which I really was upset. You know, but I used to pinch run late in the game, you know, with two outs or one out situations that, you know, I'd get to run. Um, and I love that. It was, it was pretty exciting. But I think it's just, you know, overall, I remember, you know, John Stearns was the catcher. And um, and I don't know how in the world, guys, that I ended up, um, I've, I've got it. It's, a, it's an 8 by 10 AP photo of me sliding into second, you know. Oh, that'd be right. Is it in your garage? I, no, no, it's it's uh, no, it's actually right here in the office somewhere in one of the you know, boxes behind me. But I remember I, you know, when I went to the Mets. You know, John Stearns was on the team. He was a teammate of mine when I was at the Mets in '81 and '82. Uh-huh. And I continued to try to get John to autograph that picture. <laughs> he wouldn't you know, do it. He wouldn't do it. He, he wouldn't. He. I back of one of his baseball cards. It's, I, yeah, I, you I, allowed the first ever stolen base by a Padres pitcher. And, that should be on the back of his card. And, and, and you know, I can't tell you what he told me when I asked him to sign it. You know, I just, could take a couple of guesses off camera. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you guys got a pretty good idea. You know, but I continued to ask him. I just kept, "Hey, John, would you sign this picture for me? I'd really like to get your autograph." He go get away from me, man. Just don't. Talk oh to my me. gosh, that's great. Okay, so were you wearing a jacket? When you stole the base, uh, yes, probably. And knowing me, I don't remember, but I I typically put my jacket on. You didn't well, have I, enough meat on you to keep you warm out there on the base. It was path. a Sunday yeah. afternoon game. I'll throw that out there. So, oh, Sunday afternoon, maybe oh, not. And then now I got to pull the picture. All right, next Monday I'll have the picture. I'll Please. pull it. This will now be a three week thing that we're talking about. This is last <laughs> week we discussed it. <laughs> I, was, I was, of course, we've got time, Jess. We have. Oh, time. believe me, I know. <laughs> was that a complaint i was just saying we're gonna drag it out all right now i'm gonna find that picture now you guys that's a challenge i'll get it out i can't wait to see it so you know it's funny we bring it up last week and i forget who was on but we were kicking around all the different scenarios that perhaps could have led to that and and my dream scenario was that like scott had either hit you uh, to get you on base or maybe earlier in the season or something like that. And this was like the great revenge, but obviously it was something far more innocuous and boring than that. Uh, but I, I, but that was probably the easy bet that it was going to be a missed sign. That's funny. Of course, you, know, you know, I just went flying, man. Let's get and run. And I, of course I glanced over and you know, takes the pitch. I went, what, what the hell? You got to hit and run. You know, I went flying in, slid in safe. Was there a throw? Yeah. Did Stern's throw? Yeah, sure. Yeah. The bad dude, John Stearns, tried to throw me out. Couldn't get Randy. Me. So if uh, if I you have to make a decision one way or the other, were you or were you not wearing a jacket? I would say uh, if it's a Sunday afternoon game, uh, no, wasn't wearing. I think a you're soft, and I think you were wearing a jacket, and I bet you a burrito. Once yeah. you find that photo, you're going to yeah. have a jacket on. Okay, 
I yeah. hope you have a jacket on. Also, I would like a copy of the photo, so we're gonna have to figure out how to do that. You know, uh, I can do I can do all this. I, this I, I find that, I'll find that photo. I guarantee you. But yeah, we have right. the list. Uh, I, I think, if off the top of my head, in Padre history, there are only eighteen occurrences of a pitcher stealing a base ever. What? Maybe twenty four, something like that. Wait, yeah. what? And what year was it again that Randy did it? Seventy nine. It took a decade for a pitcher to steal a base. That's insane. We don't have the DH. How, a decade? I mean, it doesn't happen very often. I think Tyson Ross was the last to do it. He did it a couple oh, years ago. Hey, yeah. Here's the list. We got the list. Twenty-four. It doesn't happen that often. You know, uh, Adam Eaton's done it more than anybody. Uh, Greg Maddox did it twice, which is just stellar. Uh, so did and uh, and yeah, Tyson, the last one to do it, July of 2018. I did not remember Jolie Chassin stealing a base, but that's. That must have been an interesting circumstance. Most of these, we had a lot of video of these guys. Most of them, it was like, you know, the first baseman's playing behind the guy. They're not even holding him on. Nobody expects right, him to right. go anywhere. And you just figure you might as well take advantage of the moment. Uh, that kind of stuff. Here's how, in the hell did, how in the hell did Juan Eichelberg steal two bases? <laughs> <laughs> that had to be the ninth inning. The guy was way behind, you know. Come uh, on, that's funny. Great. Uh, this is my favorite stuff in baseball. Stuff like Jesse, this. You must, you, I mean, you called that Chassin game, right? I mean, I'm sure I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't think we that's had Chassin. Really cool. I'll go back and figure, I'll find my book. I've got my book. I'm sure I made a little note as to what the heck happened um, from 2017. We'll do that in two weeks. <laughs> Give us some it. time. Give Randy some time that. to find that photo that he's definitely wearing a jacket. I will find that photo. That's awesome. I get that. Get on the phone. It'll be a really big deal. We'll make uh, we'll make some fun with it. All right, let's uh, let's head out to Korea for uh, our KBO sadness report. That's what I had to rename it last week after the Wiz <laughs> had uh, four consecutive one run losses, uh, including uh, three consecutive extra inning losses. But you know what, Vic and Dory, you got nothing to frown about this weekend because our Wiz. Put the brooms out, and they swept the Samsung Lions, and they did so just like big time. Friday night, a 14-6 win. They scored eight in the bottom of the seventh. Saturday, a 10-4 win. They got four in the first, never looked back. And on Sunday, a 9-2 win. They scored two runs in each of the first three innings and cruised behind Odris de Espanye, who finally got his Ah. first win. He went out and earned run on five hits. In the three-game series, they outscored the Lions 33-12. to It was a dominant weekend for the Wiz. And finally, we can say it. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody Nobody beats the Wiz. (laughs) And the Lions are on suicide watch. Yeah, the Lions are not feeling great about themselves after this one. This is a a season-changing series. This is really great. This is a... This is the this is the kind of pivoted point that this team needed to be able to really you know accelerate the rest of the season. I'm excited think, for the win. I think I think that I hope you're right. I don't know that you're right, but I know that I hope you're <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, I think that I hope you're right. So, not Eric Cosmer. He's we're waiting on Haas. I'm talking about Kung Bak Ho, uh, the first baseman who is a former outfielder. Uh, that's his slash line on the season. This dude Breaking. had uh, four Breaking. home runs, which is tied for second most in the league, and he is just hitting the heck out of the ball. He was a rookie of the year two years ago as an outfielder. They've moved into first base. He's not a defensive whiz, pun intended. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Kang Bak Ho has been stellar and really rounding into form. Uh, he's one of the uh, big-time bats in this league, and he has had a great start to a season. So way to go, and uh, team will remain at home to open up a series tonight against the Hanwha Eagles at 2.30 
a.m. Other KBO news of note and of interest that we've got, because, look, we don't just cover the whiz. Uh, we get you all the fun and interesting things that are happening in the KBO. You might remember the name Preston Tucker. He is now a Kia Tiger playing for Matt Williams, but he was once an Astro, a Brave, and a Red. He hit a home run uh, for the Kia Tigers. And it's inside the Twitter box, so you got to look a little bit more closely. Uh, but this home run goes out to what I believe they call the home run zone uh, at the oh, Kia Tiger Stadium. And he wins the car. He won the car. That was like when you used to have to hit it in a paint can for a, a Petco. This is an actual vehicle and you win it. Now, do you get the dinged car or is it a different Kia that you I get? I believe you get your own Kia, not the display model. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that awesome. is that is fantastic. I love that. I also love that the the, the KBO oh. is like, you know what? No fans. We're not doing it. We got to change things up. But we need those cheerleaders out on top of the dugout, socially distant. <laughs> that is important for us. We can't have fans out there. But if the cheerleaders aren't there, then it's just not going to feel the same for the players. So at least they've got their priorities dialed in. That's pretty good. What do you do with all the What do you do with all the giveaways? What happened? Well, That's you a do good it question, I'm sure they're ordered. Yeah, do you just you give them out out front and you know, don't they're let just them in? slowly trickle onto eBay over the next 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be collector's <laughs> items with an asterisk next to them. It's going to be yeah. perfect. That's a scary thought right there. I like that. Well, nice job by Preston Tucker. He won himself a Kia, fine automobile, and uh, it's a uh, that's that's cool. I like stuff again like that. I think that's pretty good. Uh, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show, we had one of the home plate umpires. We had a video of the guy uh, in Korea, and he did what we really, I guess, describe as the lawnmower for a strike three punch out. He yes. kind of reached down like he was pulling yes. the chain to punch the guy out. We got another great uh, punch out from an umpire in KBO over the weekend. Check this guy. Out. You got a hesitation. Bang. Oh. 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 Right, right, right to the jugular oh. right there. Yeah, that's good. You know and what? The I, on, it looks even more like bad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is what um, we need. We need video of, of Mudcat reenacting every yeah. one of these new, like he's famous for his uh, umpire impersonation. So I think that the KBO, these guys are his neck. <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> his best victims. I this mean, great. Hey, you know, what, you know what I really like about that too is that with that social distancing, he looks like he's about ten feet away ringing him up. You know, look at the head. That's yeah, a good I mean, point. He's way back there, man. For the back usually, right? Yo, gone. See ya. Great. <laughs> yeah, great. I could watch this fifty more times. It's That's great stuff, too. I love it. I love it. I love it. We'll definitely work on that Mudcat video, too. We'll have them do all the great uh, KBO umpires. Uh, <laughs> last highlight uh, from uh, South Korea from the weekend. Hanwha, uh, the team that the Wiz are hosting beginning tonight at 2.30 a.m. local time, uh, they won their Sunday game uh, in dramatic fashion. It's the world famous. You see it only once every couple of years, it feels like. Balk off. Uh, and and oh. so, this. first of all, he goes into the lineup. There's a guy on third base. What are you doing? This is a 4-4 game in the 11th inning, and uh, he balks in the winning run. Tries to state his case. He cannot. It's a balk. Game over. Bad way to lose. So, so let me ask both of you. Randy, what is the worst possible oh, poor guy? My God. Um, oh, he's devastated. Way to lose a game. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I feel wish. like a balk off is pretty. Yeesh. Yeah, it's pretty much self inflicted. You know, well, and, and look, the batter, he doesn't even wait for the ball to cross the plate, and he's already like, um, yeah. he just balked. He just balked, yeah. The umpire's ringing him up. Yeah, the umpire missed it completely behind the plate. Yeah. 
I mean, oh, I guess you could, if you got creative, you could come up with a couple of ways that were worse, you know, like as the catcher, maybe you were faking a throw to first or third, and in the fake, you accidentally lost your grip and it went taken off, and then the runner got home. I mean, you know, there's probably a lot of, if you got really creative, a lot of ways you could lose, but I mean, look at his face. That that's says it the, all right there. But that's you know, the face of the KBO sadness report right there. That, <laughs> that's, there's, 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 oh. When they leave you on the field and you get an L, Guys, I don't care what it is. It's just, it's just ugly. Been there, done that. I don't care if you, you threw somebody's legs or throw the ball away or miss a fly ball. Oh. I, think I pretty much seen it all. But you're just walking off the field, shaking. You your never, head. you never lost a game in a bock off, Randy. Negative. No, no, no. no. It's hard to do. I lost a yeah. shutout. I lost a shutout with a balk, but I never lost a game. You had uh, a shutout, and you balked on a guy from third. Yeah, it was San Francisco, man. I had the, uh, the the hot dog tornado that went through candlestick all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, had a guy, I had a guy on third, you know, and so I'm doing my windup. I got in the middle of windup. The tornado, the hot dog tornado hit me, you know, and just, I mean, I had like three rappers whack me in the hat and the head, you know, and I'm in the middle of my windup and I stopped, you know, and so John Kibber goes, Bach, and I bought the run in. You know, even Kibler was laughing. I may go, this is not fair. You know, and he goes, hey, you can't stop. I said, well, you, I got attacked, you know. I wonder and, what the rules are on that. Like when the, remember, it was, was, the, it was well, a bomb, get over it. That's what was it. Was it Jabba Chamberlain? Who was it that got swarmed by those insects <laughs> or something during a playoff game? Like, what are the rules if that happens mid pitch? I mean, it's clearly. Hey, hey, the ball, man. Ain't one of them, Dean. You know? Yeah, okay. I was, I, trying to defend, I was trying to defend you, Randy. Like I was trying to justify I, I, your walk-in. I mean, you want you want to go back? I remember when we were. Uh, I was in Wichita, Kansas. It was the uh, during the summer. I was playing for the Anchorage Glacier Pilots. We were playing the Fairbanks Gold Panthers in the championship game. I was pitching. Winfield was on the uh, uh, Gold Panthers, and I, I wanted to wind up in the third inning. Winfield was up. And one of those big June bugs, they had a bunch of those flying around all over the place in, in Kansas and in Wichita. And I had no idea. And a June bug smoked me in the neck. You know, I mean, it, 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 it whacked me. It, it scared me so bad. I, I hit Winfield with a fastball. I just, I mean, you know, I didn't mean to. I didn't want to hit him. But, you know, I'll never forget that. And you know, Winfield's looking at me and going, Bug hit me. They're looking at me like, yeah, sure. And I'm going, swear to God, right there, man. And a big old June bug whacked me in the neck. And I, that I, the I, National I, Baseball Congress World Series? Is that what that was? That was, yes. We ended up winning the ball game, but I whacked Winnie when you, after that bug hit me. Went, hey. That's funny. That's good uh, stuff. Yeah, right, we got Chris Paddock coming up in a few minutes again. You don't want to miss this one. He was really awesome. We we caught up a little bit while this a little bit earlier this afternoon. Uh, the other person I spoke to uh, before these guys popped in uh, is the executive director of the USO here in San Diego, Ashley Kamak. Um, obviously, they do phenomenal work in this community, and obviously that work has changed because of the current environment. They had a big event at Petco Park on Saturday. We talked about that and how we can help. <laughs> Ashley, thank you so much for taking a few minutes for us, and thank you for everything you do for the uh, military community here in San Diego. Saturday was Armed Forces Day and a, a pretty big event, it seemed like, at Petco Park. Tell us a little bit about what you guys were able to uh, pull off. Yeah, so, you know, USO San Diego strengthens America's military by keeping them connected to family, home, and country throughout their time in service. During COVID-19, we discovered that we became more of a 
uh, need-based organization when it came to some of our programming, as our military and military families are expecting that the USO will not shut down. And so we were able to elevate our food distribution program to a drive-through style. And what you saw on Saturday was our normal farmer's market being elevated into that drive-through service. So we serviced over 750 active duty families through their personal vehicles, putting food directly into their trunks while we honored and celebrated Armed Forces Day, thanks to the partnership that we have with the Padres and have for many years. Uh, it's wonderful. And it, it really did uh, sound like a great event from what I hear and it, a great success from what you're saying uh, during normal times, uh, if we can even remember those at this point. What other services uh, let us know that, that you guys provide on kind of a regular basis? Yeah. So with our farmer's market, that has been something we have done for many years in partnership with the San Diego Food Bank. And so we do it as a way to have the military understand that we know that the cost of living in San Diego is extremely high and that our active duty deserve to have resources that are ready available for them. So right now we have a lot of grocery type of programming happening in a drive-through capacity. To go back to the Saturday event, we know that we serviced over 2,000 total service member families. Um, so when you are looking at a number like that, our strategy is to be able to put the food on the table for the whole family, quality food. This is our military. So we want to make sure that they have the most beautiful produce and bonus items that we can gather from our community partners and corporate partnerships. So 700 cars come through with a rough figure because it's Monday morning, you know, uh, Monday afternoon. It's around 2,100 total people served just on that one event. Throughout the year, we have all kinds of programming, but during COVID-19, we've had to put that programming into the drive-through, but also in a virtual capacity. So people are following our social media and our website to learn everything that's happening day to day. And it's a collection of things. So the distribution on Saturday is drive-through, they're at home with their families and they're able to receive the items. But the services that happen all week long it's a variety. So we go to the installations and we provide direct support to the commands itself. We go there and we provide essential toiletries for troops in quarantine and isolation coming in and out of deployment rotations. We go to the installations and provide groceries. My sign just fell. <laughs> um, real time problems here. And so we're going direct to the installation. In conjunction to that, you have families who are looking for quality programming that can help a military spouse still continue to look for work and employment and build skill sets to military children who want to learn virtual ways to um, engage with STEM activities or story times. Our, our county is going through a lot. USO is standing alongside the service members and their families to continue to do what we always do, but now in just a slightly altered capacity. 
Let me tell you, if we had a nickel for every time somebody had a sign fall down or a dog bark or a kid run into the room screaming, we'd be very wealthy. So certainly don't worry about that. We, we all I'm understand. I'm happy to be part of the club now. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're official. You're official. Um, obviously, as a nonprofit, uh, donations are a big part of it. Uh, volunteer is a big part of it. Where can people get more information if they want to find a way to help out that works for them? Yeah, so we are a 501c3 organization, so we are funded through community and corporate partnership, um, but definitely funded off of donation. If people want to find out how they can donate or how they can become a volunteer, please visit usosandiego.org. That website is going to give you all the answers to programs we're doing, how you can engage, um, very specific to what your background may be. Um, but also how you can engage monetarily so that we can help raise the funds that help the local troops and their families. Important to know that our local funding stays local and we're able to address the needs within our community and we're able to apply action immediately back to the community um, locally. Awesome. Well, just absolutely stellar work you all are doing on a regular basis, even more so now. Uh, Need to see the ways of the USO, like so many of us have adapted uh, to these current times uh, to make sure that they still are able to fulfill their mission. Ashley, thank you so much for your time, for everything you do, and, uh, and good luck here moving forward. Yes, thank you so much for having us. And we just want to say not only thank you to the Padres for your continued support of the local military, but also supporting our mission and of course, the community that wraps their arms around the military. We're all in this together. I saw that sign right there on Peco Park, very high up. And I truly believe that we can do better if we, you know, are cohesively doing it together. So thank you guys for, for doing that for us and, and having us today. Ashley Kamak of the USO here in San Diego. Thanks again to her and to everybody at the USO. Uh, before we get to Chris Paddock, one more as we bring back uh, Randy and Brady. Good to see you're both here. We had an issue with Mudcat on Thursday. He just disappeared after one of the interviews. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you're both here. Uh, RJ, I know you're, you're big on TikTok. You're doing a lot of dancing on TikTok. I saw this one going around, though. I, I, I need to understand how this worked. Brady, you seem like the kind of person who could perhaps explain this to me. Uh, That's the Minnesota yeah. Twins logo. I don't know if it's rice or whatever it is, but she just had it on the piece of plywood, and then it looks like the Twins logo. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this. I saw this. I've watched it 50 times trying to figure out what it is. I have no idea. It's way more impressive than pancake art. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> I I don't – yeah, again, maybe colored rice. It, I, first, I thought maybe it was water but clearly not by the way it hits back down. But I just, I wonder how many takes had to go in to discover wow. that one could do this before they got the slow-mo caption. But I think we send the challenge out to uh, Padre fans. Let's get an SD on a piece of plywood floating in midair on TikTok, and let's see what we can do. All right. Well, I mean, I'm still impressed with the pancakes, all right, Brady? Thanks, Randy. I appreciate I mean, that. I wasn't I looking for a little boost there, but I appreciate it. No, I like that. It throws me off when you compliment me. I don't know what to do with myself, but I think we can get a. I think we can get Padre fans to create um, an SD with whatever's going on here. Yeah. Someone's going to figure it out. But that is really it, cool. How about doing a pancake of somebody with a sausage mustache? Though? <laughs> what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. I just, you know, I'm, I'm a hot dog guy, man. You know, I'm. I'm you know, in fact, you know what, guys, the other day, that's exactly what I did. I pulled out some of my big all-beef half-pound hot dogs, uh-huh. and I, I barbecued four of them. 
We had hot dogs, man. They did, were. Did bad. you eat all four yourself? Negative. I just, you know, I ate a half of one, but you know, it's, we had the family here, and and we, I barbecued those babies up, and that was good stuff. A little, you know, kind of little ballpark feel to it. It felt good. I did it last night. I had hot dogs on the grill last Adam, night. Babe, I love that, man. Every time yeah. I barbecue, I walk in and I tell my kids, look, I, I ordered RJ's barbecue and I bring it in every time. Yeah. I just I just straight lie to their face. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's good stuff. You know. Hey, that's another idea, Brady. How about help me up? You could deliver some barbecue sauce for me. I'd love to. Yeah. You know, really, I got nothing else going I on. So I would, I I would love spots, to be your delivery of- boy. Yeah. That would be awesome. We got uh before we get to Chris Paddock, Cole pulled the video uh from this week in baseball in the eighties of Mud uh impersonating umpires. Oh, look at that. Cole yeah. doing he work. does an excellent job. The problem, as with most things, Mudcat, is that he stops at like nineteen eighty nine. Is there <laughs> so you know he doesn't like he doesn't know anybody here, but boy, did he have the eighties all figured out. This is just some of the best stuff ever. But yeah, I say we have mud reenacting the best punch outs. From the KBO when this is all said and done. Uh, it's so perfect. And I, I don't know what's more perfect, the impressions or that flat top. Look at that flat top. That is just wow. next level. Boom. Gosh, that's so color, good. Yeah. That actually was oh man. That one was similar to the the junk punch we saw on the other guy. That was <laughs> is that really good. I'm very impressed that Cole pulled this. <laughs> Watch this. This is so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He really does a fantastic job. So let's run it back. Let's run it back. Let's see if Butter can attack him while he's doing these. <laughs> uh, Dutch Renner, you got to step Dutch. all the way back. That's got to be Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Gary, Gary Carter was the catcher on that call, too. That was yes, he was. Good. Nice. All right. So we've, uh, we, we've dragged it on long enough. We'll give you uh, Chris Paddock now. Had the chance to catch up with him earlier today. Be prepared to be amazed by his setup. How about now? Well, Chris, great to see you. I know a lot of Padre fans are uh, feeling the very same way right now. It's just good to see your face. Uh, it makes a little bit of uh, a normal feeling for us here. Uh, before we get into anything else, I got to tell you, your setup is by far the best of anybody we've had on this show. That like includes any of the, the hosts or the guests or anybody. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing this is where you do your, your, your Fortnite streaming. Thank you. Thank you. It is. Um, I actually got this set up. Probably a couple of weeks ago, um, like I said, I'm out here in Arizona. So, you know, outside of baseball with that on pause right now, I, I stream and uh, play a little Fortnite for the fans. That's kind of my new hobby now. How, how have you been enjoying that? And how can people check it out if they, if they haven't yet? Yeah, I mean, you, if, if you don't have Twitch, you can download Twitch on a mobile um, or computer laptop. Um, with the technology now, you can access it anyway. It's twitch.tv slash paddywax59 is my username. Um, I stream every night roughly between 8.30 to 11 o'clock Pacific time. Um, but back to the streaming world, man, I didn't really know what to expect. I was a little nervous. Um, you know, my it's pretty cool to see my page grow over the past couple months. Um, I played with Ethan Skinder, who is also in the Padres organization. Uh, he's really, really good at the game. But every Friday, we we call Friday Fortnite Fridays is what we call it, and we basically get in a custom game with viewers, um, anybody that has the Fortnite game or just wants to come out and hang out. Uh, y'all are all more than welcome to. But basically, we get into a game and we do duos or or squads, and 
you have a chance to play with me. And man, I have had some really cool experience with younger kids, you know, seniors in high school, uh, all the way up to dads. You know, it's actually been pretty interesting. And honestly, for me personally, I've had some really cool experiences. Um, one of my favorites, his name, the little kid's name was Jaden, 14-year-old kid out of New York. And he started tearing up um, middle of the game just because he got the opportunity to play with me and talk to a streamer as well. So I got to check, check two boxes off a of kid's uh, dream board there. And, you know, those moments mean, mean the world to me. Uh, that's pretty wild. Um, what's your level of play, would you say? Like, how good are you personally? Uh if I had better internet, I'd be a little better. You know, I lag sometimes, but, you know, that's an excuse. I would say I'm a little above average. Okay. Um, the term is a bot is what they call it. All my buddies, they give me a hard time. I'm okay. Ethan Skinder, on the other hand, a few other guys that we play with, they are elite. And also back to the streaming world, we did, uh, me and Ethan Skinder, uh, we did a tournament for the Jackie Robinson Foundation. I believe that was was about a month ago now. Man, time's yeah. flying. Um, and that was really cool. They they videoed it. They went, you know, eSports went live with it. Uh, did an interview after. Um, it was it was really cool. And we got fourth place out of all the MLB guys that entered. So it was I'm, – I'm enjoying it, man. It really is – I think it's honestly helping my communication skills, being able to, you know, communicate with somebody that's not really there, you know, answering all these questions. Um being able, to, being able to kind of give back and interact with uh, the chat is what I call it. Um, and what's crazy, uh, Jesse, is, you know, there's a view count on the top right of my screen whenever I go live. So, you know, I started off, I had like 12 viewers. And last Friday, I got up to like 70, 76 or 86 viewers, something like that. Well, in the stream world, that's pretty good. You know, if you're not if you're not a professional gamer, that's that's decent. And I was so nervous, man. I can pitch in front of 55,000 people, but <laughs> I see double digits view count up there and I start going crazy. Uh, it's uh, that's a funny story, but I get it. You know, it's a different thing and we're all comfortable doing what we do. And it's a very different situation, even if it's uh, a smaller number of people. All right. The, the on-air sign is really cool. I'm, I'm jealous of that. Underneath that, is that the computer? Is that the gaming computer with, with all the flashing lights? That's the beast that I call wow. it. Um, that's basically everything that I'm able to run. Um, due to this thing behind me, Exodax, shout out to them um, for giving me a good deal there. But it's it's the PC, the computer, um, whatever you want to call it. But it has all my apps, all my hard drives. I mean, anything you can think of, I'm able to download it through this thing. Really but if cool. I had if I had a little better internet, it would help. But this thing handles it pretty well. All right. Well, we'll see if we can't get someone to uh, to hook you up with an internet uh, connection that it might improve a little bit, at least somewhere <laughs> down the line. Uh, let, let's do a little baseball talk, although I find this kind of fascinating and, and could probably keep going with this. But I know the fans want to hear about that. How How is spring training going for you? Like you said, it's forever ago at this point. Jackie Robinson Day over a month ago. Uh, what would have been opening day almost two months ago, spring training. I think the, the last game now more than three months ago. But if you can look back, how, how was it for you? You know, I. As a, as a whole, as a group, as a team, you know, we were ready, man. Like, we were, we were so pumped up. We were fired up. You know, the energy in the clubhouse, our goals that we set as a group, you know, all those things um, basically got put on pause. Um, you know, right now, the entire world is, is going through a, a little shakeup. You know, I think we're going to overcome this and, and things are going to go back to normal. But, um, 
you know, for me personally, I'm just trying to basically stay season ready. So I'm continuing to do my workouts, continuing to go in and throw. I've actually been playing catch with Mackenzie Gore since all this started. We have different. So basically, I'm in Arizona at the complex, but we have different time zones. We have to follow the social distancing, um, the rules, all that stuff that those have factors in our time slot. So roughly, I'm I'm there for a couple hours a day, get my work in, and then basically, man, I just come home and and you know try and keep myself busy. I might go to the pool and tan a little bit. Might you know, might hop on the stream. Um, but for me personally, I would say it's honestly been pretty tough to stay locked in, stay focused. I went home last week to, uh, to surprise my mom for mother's day, um, or two weeks ago, my apologies. And it was good to see them. It's kind of like a restart button for me just to, uh, kind of remind myself why I do this every day. Um, because it's tough whenever you don't have a schedule to follow. You know, it's it's kind of it's literally day by day. Anything can happen. Anything can change. Um, you know, so I'm just you know, I'm hoping we can overcome this um, COVID-19 stuff. Everybody follow the rules. If you're watching this, wash your hands, wear your mask in public. All those little things are going to, um, you know, going to be big things later on so we can get sports uh, back into the world. Yeah, uh, it's definitely the uh, the thing that we've been trying to help people remember. And it, it's been going very well here in San Diego compared to a lot of places uh, knocking on some wood. So we're proud of this community, certainly. Um, did you spend much time this winter looking back at 2019 as opposed to looking forward to 2020? What's that balance like for you? Yeah, I would say I did a lot of, you know, reflection, um, you know, through the off season. I would say mostly you know, when I started getting back into the things uh, when I, whenever I go home, I usually take a couple weeks off as hard as that is for me. I go home, take a couple weeks off, spend time with the family. And then I get back into, uh, you know, that groove of, of wanting to get better and, and kind of outworking my opponent. But I learned so much of the 2019 season, you know, it, people are not lying whenever uh, they say it'll be the fastest year of your career. And what's crazy. It's actually the longest year of my career, but the shortest amount of time. Uh, it went by so quick, man. Blink of an eye. Here it is, game 162, and I'm just mind blown. But, um, you know, looking back, I would say the biggest thing that I learned is how to face adversity. And, you know, you, you basically last year I was on six-man rotation, sometimes seven, depending on off day, is I had five days to get ready for the, the next team that I faced. And if I – you know, beat myself up on that. Usually it transferred over to my next start. So being able to leave it all at the field. Um, shout out to Ian Kinsler for, you know, sitting down with me a couple hours one night after a game. And and it was whenever I got my teeth kicked in by the Dodgers. Um, and he said, hey, man, you can't let one bad start define who you are. Um, you got to walk out those doors and act like it never happened. Be yourself. Be the man that uh, that we know you are. Be the teammate that we know you are, and good things are going to happen. And you know, ever since that moment, it really clicked for me. On you know, there's there's more than life than just to beat yourself up when you don't uh, succeed. You know, I've actually learned more off my failures. Um, but you know, my goal of 2019, um, you know, off season going into the 2020 season was to develop that curveball. And let me tell you. I'm not just saying this, it's there, man. Um, and it's come a long ways. And, you know, uh, Larry, um, shout out to uh, Scott uh, Lacey out in Texas. 
um, even Ben Fritz, you know, guys that have worked with me constantly and being able to give me different, different feedback, different input on certain things that, you know, might work for so-and-so versus me and being able to find that one thing that clicked for me. Uh, it's definitely helped. Yeah. You, you literally stole my last question. I had it right here. Curveball continued to develop over the season. <laughs> you went on. What's the latest of where that's at? So you knew where I was going, you, you know what everybody's interested in. And, uh, boy, I can't wait to see you snap a couple off man in a game, hopefully sometime soon, uh, things continue to to go in a positive direction, but either way, really glad to see, uh, you're, you're staying healthy and as sane as possible. You picked up a pretty cool new hobby as well. Thanks uh, for sure. taking some time for us, Chris. Absolutely. I have a question for you. I was wondering why there's a pumpkin in the background. That's a very fair question <laughs> and one that has uh, been addressed a couple of times. I did I did throw the Padre hat on it. I at love some it. Point. I love so, it. so basically, you mentioned Internet connectivity, an issue in our house as well. Uh, so like my workspace office, bad connection. My wife's office, where I happen to be sitting, excellent connection. So I've been in here. Um, so this is all her stuff for the most part, except our kid. Uh, for whatever reason, after Halloween, he stuck his pumpkin baskets uh, in her office. We continued to use the candy for several months to bribe him to do things. Uh, and they've just sort of always been there. So I figured, eh, we'll stick with it. I love it. Hey, we're all guilty of eating candy. You know, Halloween candy come, uh, you know, four or five months later. Yeah, it's definitely a thing in this house. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the, it's a very good question. Very astute observation. I was, hey, I was just curious. Yeah, no, it's that's very fair. Very fair. You're not the only one to ask it. That's for sure. Uh, continue to take care of yourself. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm trying, man. It's, uh, you know, it's crazy times right now, but you know, I think we're going to overcome this and before we know it, the world will be back to the normal. That is Chris Paddock, the Padre right-hander waiting to go into his second major league season. You know, it's wild as we bring Randy and Brady back throughout spring training. One of the big storylines that we beat into the ground and talked about was how Chris Paddock was going to be unleashed in 2020. There were going to be no innings restrictions, no pitch limits or anything like that. And now as he's all ready to go, we're going to have a shortened season if we have a season. Randy, it will be very, very, very interesting to see how that impacts pitching plans. You're going to have bigger rosters. You're going to have guys in different kinds of shape potentially than they would have been at the start of the season in late March and early April. I think a lot of unknowns when it comes to pitching overall. Oh, no doubt. I, and I honestly believe that, you know, that, uh, you know, pitchers, you know, you, you're going to be looking at, at, at pitchers to get two, two times through the lineup. You might get into a little bit of the third time through the lineup, and that's all you need. Uh, you're going to have fresh arms and, and you're going to take advantage of that. And I think every team is going to be doing that. And, and they should And under this scenario. And I think that the, the everyday player, they understand this. And um, and they're, they're somewhat used to it here in the past. But uh, to go deep in a ball game, and I think, you know, for the, two, the 2020 season, be overrated. You know, keep them a little bit fresher. You know, uh, let them get through the lineup twice and, and get them out of there. I mean, five innings and, hey, let, let, let the bullpen. They're going to need the work as well. God, look how locked in he looks there. My goodness. I can't wait to see this guy pitch. It is kind of a cruel trick to finally have him, you know, unleashed and ready to, to bring in a, a full season and then have it be shortened. And, but man, there was a lot to unpack from that interview, Jess. That was really, really good stuff. I mean, the, the kid who he was playing Fortnite with, who started crying from New York, um, probably became a Paddock fan watching him strike out Pete Alonso multiple times. Um, which I, I really love. I love that when he uh, when he, when he said he was done with his workout after a couple hours, he's like, oh, you know, kind of switch it up. Sometimes play a little bit. Maybe just go to the pool and tan some. 
Um, I thought that was fantastic. Um, I never, I had never heard that Ian Kinsler story. Um, I think Ian Kinsler uh, gets a little bit of a bad rap sometimes with Padre fans. And uh, for him to say, ever since that conversation with Ian Kinsler, um, that moment something clicked with him, um, shows you what type of, of leadership that Kinsler has. So that I, I really kind of, I loved hearing that. I loved, everybody loves Paddock and to be able to surround him with leaders who can make an impact on him. I mean, that's a big deal to say that, yeah, someone pulled me aside and said, I'm not defined by this one moment. And now I'm everything clicks since that conversation with Kinsler. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. So and, you know, like, and I think a lot of big league ball players will have that one moment, some uh, certain player, a veteran player that pulled them aside, you know, and said some, some meaningful words that, you know, that changed, that changed a lot of scenarios for him. I think we can all say that and you'll never forget that scenario. And it's, it's great that it started, it was that early, you know, for him that Ian Kinsler could do that and reach this young man. And uh, it, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. yeah it was pretty cool, man. And just see, I mean, the, the spring training shots and, and like just seeing the guys in Brown uh, got me extra, extra pumped up as, as always to the reminder, look at him. Oh, and he's got that lion tattoo on his forearm too. Man, he's he's ready. He's ready. Oh, I, get somebody out for Christ's sake! I'm the lion tattoo. Come on, Let's Randy. Get, get everybody out. Ah, get come out. on, get out of here, you guys. Well, come on. That 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 lion tattoo has a little uh, a little Pete Alonzo tattoo right in the middle of it. It's hidden. You can't see it until you face him. So that's TMI. All right. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's I, 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 this one. Um, uh, Randy and Brady, thank you both. Always a pleasure. Uh, Randy, please do find that that photograph. Uh, you I did. I'll, I'll have it with me. I trust me. I will. You know, if nothing, Brady, come on out. You can help me go through the boxes. All right. Another invite. We have to make it, this happen. What hey, uh, shout what? out to the to bring back the brown guys. They they brought back the brown, and I'm rocking the tea. Jordan, Tony, appreciate you guys. This is awesome. I love that. Uh, a little. Little West Side love, right there. Hey, so good work, Brady, Brady, do you twitch? No, I don't. This is one of the things where you and I are actually in the same boat. Like TikTok and Twitch, I no. I could I might as well be your age. I don't know. I'm not into this stuff. So. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment, Brady. You should. You should. <laughs> Twinning. Well, thanks to uh, both of you guys, also to Ashley uh, Kamak from the USO and uh, Chris Paddock, of course. We will be doing this again tomorrow at 5.30. Thanks to everybody uh, who hung out and joined us. little look towards uh, Orsillo's place as uh, we head out of here for the night. Uh, stay healthy, everybody. Stay safe. Keep up the great work, San Diego, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.